This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. plus on their feet. Nobody's left to beat the traffic tonight, I guarantee you. Mark gets the sign. The wind and the pitch. Here it is. Long fly ball deep left center. Grissom on the run. Yes! 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 Now get ready, this is the Platinum Sombrero Podcast with your hosts, Dylan Short and Adam Doc Herbert. Hey, Braves fans, welcome to another episode of the Platinum Sombrero, brought to you by Sports Drink and our friends at Spotify Green Room, formerly Locker Room. You guys have heard me talk about them a lot over the past few times now, and there's a reason for that. It's not just because they pay me, which they do, but also it is a very fun place to be. It's a very fun type of app. It has a whole lot of good things going on in there. All you got to do is download it off of iOS or Android. Uh, and you can be right in line with your favorite shows. Doesn't just have to be us, although it should be uh, Thursdays at 9 p.m. Hint, hint. That's where we like to go. That's what we like to do. Uh, but you can join across all of your favorite, uh, all of your favorite uh, sports and, and leagues and, and whatnot. Doesn't have to just be baseball. They got live action. I, I've been doing this thing where I'll call games. I'll just mute chip, which you should be doing anyway, and I'll just call the game myself. So if you like coming on there, download the Green Room app and get involved in your favorite shows. Download the Spotify Green Room app today. Okay, so I don't really know how to feel heading into this episode. Um, I'm in a quandary of emotions. I'm in an emotional box. Um, Braves finish out this series. They, they take the series with the Mets, which was nice to see. 5-4. Um, go, what is that? It's a winning road trip, basically. 5-4 and four on the road trip against the Mets and Phillies. Not really what you and I said. You and I explicitly said that they needed to do, like, Five and four wasn't going to do much. So obviously it's better to, to win the road trip than to lose the road trip. But it does really bother me that you left a lot of games out there. Still have not won or lost consecutive games since the All-Star break. Uh, not, not the worst thing that could happen, but you basically held serve, which you and I both kind of agreed was not where you wanted to be after this nine-game stretch. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's... It's better than nothing, you know. We, if we had gone two and seven, we would certainly be lamenting more than uh, than we are right now. And truthfully, the the 
one loss, one loss, one loss thing. I, I've never seen anything quite like that. I mean, it's it's a great thing that we are not stringing together consecutive losses anymore because it felt like earlier in the season we were just right around the corner from a four-game losing streak at any time. But, you know, there's no momentum going in the in the positive direction either. So, you know, call a spade a spade. Five and four is against division rivals with no days off and, you know, you got a double header in there. It's not too bad. And no blowout losses, a couple blowout wins. You know, it it does suck when you kind of look at it and say, if not for the bullpen, we really could have gone 7-2. and two. I mean, that that to me is like, you know, if, if only there was some magical time when everybody was making a lot of trades to improve their team. Um, you know, they have lost seven games since the All-Star break by a grand total of 11 runs. That to me sounds like at a bat. That sounds like get a bullpen arm. Even though, truthfully... This Mets series, the bullpen actually did halfway decent, and it wasn't bad in the Phillies series either. So, it's even though it's only five and four, and it seems like treading water, it is in a positive direction. Just because too many bad losses in a row can really too many bad losses is uh, way more impactful than too many good wins, I suppose, because uh, the your failures stick with you more than you than your successes tend to. So, you know. We're recording this on Thursday. Uh, we have 21 and a half hours until the trade deadline. Alex tends to wait. Uh, we were just mapping out before the show how it's been in previous years. You know, the the Adam Duvall and Chris Martin deals came together in the days leading up to it, but the Kevin Gossman, Shane Green, Mark Melanson deals all happen. Um, it, it feels like within an hour of the actual trade deadline. So. Um, Still got to wait it out. Uh, Alex is not really one to make sexy moves to uh, to improve the team, but he is pretty good at making incremental moves. He actually has been trying to do it all season. I think he, the Braves have been, um, in the days leading up to the trade deadline, up until that, I mean, the Braves had made a number of different deals over the course of the season, whether it was uh, Arcia, Santana, uh, Peterson, or Vote. Uh, so I do think he is going to continue to add, and it's too bad that you can't retroactively uh, tack the wins onto these uh, these games if you get that bat or you get that arm. But all things considered, you're still only four games back, and the Mets are under 500 for their last 45 games. So you have to add. You can still catch them. <laughs> Small victory. Yeah. yeah. By the way, how dare you forget the the acquisition of the greatest catcher in Atlanta Braves history, Kevin Smith. Oh, that's right. Do you want to know how? I'm blocking out painful memory. My therapist said it would be a great idea. I still have no idea why Kevin Smith is on this roster at all uh, or why he seems to be starting more than vote. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, but with the trade deadline coming up, and you said he doesn't make sexy moves, and he doesn't in Atlanta anyway. Um, this is one area where, like, for those of you who just listen and don't really follow Doc and I on Twitter or anything, like, you probably think that Doc and I are simpatico on everything all the time. This is one area where, like, Doc and I are, are completely different. Like, we have completely different views of this. Doc is, is a much more chill fan when it comes to, like, trade acquisitions. He's, he's much more roll with the punches, go with the flow, don't get too high, too low. Whereas I am, am I'm emotional. Uh, I want the sexy move. I want what the Padres have. I've... 
I never thought I'd say this, but I want AJ Preller. Dang it. I want I want my team to have supreme talent and then be like, oh, you know what? There's this other supreme talent out there. I'm going to go get him too. I want that too. I want to have a team that has Darvish and Snell and Denelson Lamette and Joe Musgrove and be like, you know what? Who else I need? Max Scherzer. Like, I, I want that. I'm sorry, but I... I want that. It's been a lot. We have not had a lot to be super excited for in Braves country over the last 20, 25-ish years or so, 30 years or so. And I want that for myself, okay? I, I want a big move. And then to see, it's, it's, I'll put it this way. It hurts me more when I see the returns that come on some of these bigger deals. That's when I get really angry. Like, what, you, you didn't want to beat that move? Like, like the Lance Lynn move from last year. Like, what, you couldn't beat Dane Dunning? You know, little little things like that that doesn't always necessarily correlate to, well, the Braves could just offer these prospects and it beats that one. It doesn't always work that way because while we like to look at prospect rankings, I'll clue you guys in on a little secret. Like, teams don't use Fangraph's rankings. Their scouts have their own rankings. They value everybody differently, the same as they do in the draft. The Braves probably had a higher ranking on Shea Langoliers than they did on... Probably anybody else taken ahead of Shea Langoliers in that draft, with the exception of Adley Rutschman. And really, we don't know if they had a higher grade on Shea or Adley. Uh, it, it's, it's one of those things that it's, it's fun to look at and helps fans kind of figure out a little bit um, what the minor league's about or who you should be watching. But for, for most major league teams, everybody views people differently. But it, I'm still going to maintain that you could have beaten that Joey Gallo deal very easily. Uh, you could have beaten that Lance Lynn deal pretty easily. The question, the, the, the problem is, and you pointed this out in the pre-show, is not having the depth, in your opinion, to make those moves. That, to me, is the spot where you and I differ the most. Where I don't disagree that, that it's a big hit to your depth, and you need depth. Depth is very important. I think the difference for me is that it kind of shows a lack of faith in your development department. It's one of those things where we talk about guys who come from the Rays and the way that the Rays do business and the way that they do things. They're never afraid to deal prospects. They have one or two guys that they say, all right, we're not trading this guy. So, like, obviously you're not trading Wander Franco, just like the Braves would never have traded Ronald Acuna Jr. Wouldn't have mattered what the deal is unless they were, like, straight up for Mike Trout. Um, but everybody else on there... The Rays will identify one or two guys that they think are going to be studs. Outside of that, if a deal comes along, they're trading the guy because they trust their drafting. They trust their development staff. And I think that, for me, that's kind of where, I am, where I'm at on this. And there's no denying that, that the international free agent sanctions hurt the depth of this team, not because the guys that you lost were particularly good. As a matter of fact, it's pretty depressing to see where all of those guys are at now. Jeffrey Del Rosario is actually the only one, I believe, in double-A. Uh, unless Levon Soto might be in double-A. But aside from that, they're all in, in A-ball or, or lower. Kevin Maiton is actually back in the complex league. Um, but you want the depth pieces to where you still have quantity to hope for somebody to pop, uh, which, by the way, is basically what this Texas deal looks like, it is, like it's going to be. My issue is you're holding on to guys, and, it's, and we've seen this consistently, and you and I have talked about this on the show, um, where you hold on to prospects too long and what was their peak value has passed because they'll come up and they'll struggle and say what you will about, well, they're still young. Uh, they can still right the ship. That's true. But any team that's going to be acquiring that guy is instantly like, yeah, well, he's also sucked up here, so I'm not going to give you the same value I would have when he was destroying AA or destroying AAA. And I do think that that is, that is the big divide for, for me and for you and in a lot of Braves fans' cases between the two sides of the Alex Anthopoulos coin. You know, uh, we had pretty pretty logical expectations for Alex when he stepped in, but he he proved 
over and over again that he's just not that guy anymore. And whether that's because he's got PTSD from the Cindergard for Dickie deal or any of those massive deals. 100% that's what it well, is. Actually, I don't know because it there might be like, keep in mind, dude, he came in, he stepped into this organization eight days before they took Maiton, Severino, Del Rosario, you name it. They said, not only can you not have these guys, you can't spend on international prospects at all for a couple of years. So when you think of the amount of depth that got wiped out during that, and they might have said, like, listen, you can't be that guy. We're looking for a specific type of person to step in and be the GM for this team and somebody who's going to be good at A, B, C, D, and E. And what happens to be F on this list is, you know, you're about to get a decimated farm system that's going to be very top-heavy and have very little depth, which has influenced the drafting strategy over the past couple of years too. You know, they they navigated it. They're out of it. They've got, they have started signing international guys again. But for a deal like that, I mean, we do know this. We, we know that according to friend of the program, John Boy, then the Braves at one point were considered to be in the lead, or at least tied with the Blue Jays for being in the lead in the Gallo sweepstakes. And this, this isn't DOB. This isn't Bowman. This isn't somebody who's supposed to be carrying water for the front office. We do know that they were going out and they were trying to add in that way. Um, whether or not they go out and they try to get somebody else uh, of that same ilk, I don't know. Uh, maybe they identified Gallo as the perfect fit, and if they don't want him, then they just say, all right, well, let's. there's no point in spending, you know, we have $1,000 in our pocket, but this thing that we want is 200 bucks. We don't need to spend $1,000 on this, whatever the case may be. We had expectations for Alex, and he hasn't lived up to him. So for me, I just, I still am like, I'm trying to be realistic, okay? Because if you go into, into every trade deadline, it's like, we're going to go get Chris Bryant, Max Scherzer, Joey Gallo, and Craig Kimbrell. Well, you're gonna be disappointed <laughs> even if you if you go into it thinking you're getting one of those guys you know what one of my favorite quotes i have ever heard is comparison is the thief of joy okay and so when you compare your expectations versus what actually happens if you set it too high you're gonna be disappointed when you find out that the braves didn't get joey gallo don't compare the package what's the point we could we have beat that well maybe if that's if that's what they wanted, the Rangers might have looked at our system and said, I don't I don't want those guys. I want these specific guys that the Yankees have. I mean, takes two to tango. So for me, I'm like, listen, I get it. It sucks every time we see one of these names coming off the board. Dude, last week, I had Andrew Chafin as one of my top trade targets. Andrew Chafin! I had Ryan Tapera, and he's yeah, gone too. Yeah, they're both gone. But the thing is, like, even, even having the expectation of somebody who's incredibly medium like you know <laughs> like it's not a star right, man it's, it's andrew chafin he's got the worst facial in hair in baseball. baseball and and now he plays for oakland which i like the a's this is fine but at the same time like you set your hopes too high or even too medium you could ha you could be let down so you know the trade deadline <laughs> I is think hard. that's that's my big thing i think that's my big thing honestly and it's just i keep doing it to myself like i should know better by this point when we've talked about this heading up to the draft we know who alex is we know what his thought process is so there's not much point to really expecting big moves from him but i'm a fan so i'm still going to because i'm still going to want my team to put the best team possible in the field just like like there's still some names out there that would make some sense um you and i were talking before the show i told you that i i am just terrified that robbie grossman is going to be the addition and we're going to leave uh 
where we had an opportunity to add big-time talent, and the two big guys that we add are going to be Jock Peterson and Robbie Grossman, who are essentially the same player. And they're fine players, by the way. They're, they, no doubt they're upgrades over what you've been running out in the outfield for most of the season. Like, for sure, both of those guys are upgrades over Guillermo and Abraham Almonte, which also allows you to upgrade your bench because they get to go back to the bench where they, should, where they were planning on being. It bumps Pablo out of it, so your team does get deeper in that respect. It's just not, it's just not that, that move that I wanted to see for the top of the order. That's fixing the, the bottom part of your order, not the top, um, which is kind of what I was hoping to see. But, I mean, I can leave the door open, I guess, and, and, and hopefully Alex can surprise me and pull off something major. Maybe he gets one of these guys that nobody's really thinking about. I think the ship has sailed thanks to Jerry Depoto pulling one of the weirdest moves I've ever seen uh, and trading a player to a division rival as you're playing that division rival. Uh, and lost the clubhouse because of it. And I, I think that that probably puts the kibosh on him trading Mitch Hanniger. Uh, I think he's going to have to do some big damage control, and he's probably going to offer Hanniger a contract now, I would imagine. So that, that's one name that I've kind of crossed off of my list for the outfield. I'd love to have Hanniger in here, but I, I, I think DePoto, even Jerry DePoto, is probably like, hmm, I probably need to, need to cool down a little bit. And his, his excuse, well, just wait till you see the other moves that we're making. And that move was Tyler Anderson. <laughs> so far, so Mariners far, fans. we still have I we know. still have so much time. Twenty one hours leading up to the trade deadline. It's like six months worth of trades in another sport. This is wonderful. Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of what else the Mariners could actually do because Depoto was clearly talking about some other moves that he was making at that time or some other moves that he was thinking about for this deadline. So I've been trying to. to Imagine the mind of Jerry Depoto, which I do. I honestly, I think that Depoto gets bored, and he's like, you know what? I'm bored. Let's make a trade. Like I, I really do think that that's how he operates. I'm uh, almost convinced that's tries- how the Luis Gohara deal happened because Capalella used to get the same. One hundred percent. They made like three trades. Yeah, that it's offseason. just. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's been about three weeks since I've made a deal. Let's just uh, let's deal some marginal guys here and see what I can do. Um, I do think that that's a I do think that that's something that they do. Maybe he thinks that he's going to ship out. Uh, maybe he thinks he's going to get Chris Bryant. He's going to be able to ship out Kyle Seager. I don't know. Um, but for the Braves, obviously that's that's who the focus should be on for us is the Braves. And I know we said that if they didn't go on a run on this on this that we were going to say that we were done with the Braves as far as their their real chances this season. Are you ready to say that? No, they're still in it. You know, I, I honestly, I kind of, I play the role of a very positive, optimistic Braves fan, <laughs> but, but deep down I have my, my deep-seated fears about this team, and, you know, I was expecting the bad luck to continue in Philly, I was expecting the bad luck to continue in New York, and um, just because it's, <laughs> when you have four consecutive months of bad luck on the baseball field, you know, you just tend to assume it's going to continue. But uh, but no, man. I mean, it's... I actually... Even the losses, there were none of those, like, real heartbreakers. You know what I mean? Like, the whole thing, they... Even the losses haven't been bad. Eight and seven since the All-Star break, it's not bad. I have... I just... There's something about the last couple of games. They're beating the teams they are supposed to beat. Their August is about to get... You know, their August doesn't look like it's too bad. Their September doesn't look like it's too bad. Things are about to get kind of tricky for the Mets, you know? Uh, like I said, the the Mets are under 500 in, the, in their last 45 games. I mean, the, 
this is completely winnable still. You don't even have to be good to win the division. And look, maybe we get destroyed in the playoffs. We still won the division to get to the playoffs in that case. So four games out. Just get to the yeah, postseason. That's all I ask. Like, if, just get there. Crazy things have happened. I mean, we've talked about before. The Marlins have never won in the postseason unless they've been a wild card. And they've won the World Series both times they were the wild yeah. card. The Giants went on, like, two of their their two most recent World Series were as a wild card, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I know 2016 was. And you don't even have to, you know, there's 59 games. You don't have to make up 59 games. You have to make up four games. And while while the Mets right. are DeGromless and Lindorless, take advantage. Yeah. And the Phillies are the Phillies. They're getting beat by a Washington team that is clearly selling off. Maybe maybe Alex was like, hey, if the Marlins want to be douchey turds and not trade us Starley Marte, uh, maybe we'll see if the Nationals want to trade us Schwarber. Uh, I don't know. I, at this point, I'm just kind of scrounging together, just trying to figure out something. Because I still think something is going to get done. By the way, can you and I both agree that one of the worst lines in baseball is Chips? You know, it's like making a trade without having to trade away any players. I usually, I feel bad for Chip because I, I feel like, you know, people like you and me who watch every game, we hear him say everything so many times. I feel bad for well, me. I feel bad for me having well, to listen to it. Well, just broadcasting would be hard in that way because you can't target it at the people who listen every day. You have to target it at the people who li- who listen sporadically. But that particular one, that that really sticks in, in my, my craw. Like, Chip, it would be different. Well, he tried it again today. He tried it again today in French. He completely shut well, him and, down. And the, the truth is... He is not wrong. Like, getting back Travis Darno at the deadline, yeah, that's a big deal. Getting back Wascar Noah, that's a big deal. Yeah, but it's not like making a trade without making a trade because everybody gets injured players back. That's not like making a trade. That's just getting your team back. And you did make a trade. The trade you you made was the team sucking at that position for (laughs) seven weeks. I mean, I, I guess. It's just one of those. I, I, I could go the rest of my life without hearing. It's like making a trade without trading any players. Uh, but on that note, Darno was supposed to get his first rehab game in tonight, and he is conspicuously not in Gwinnett's lineup. So hopefully hopefully he didn't have some issues leading up to the game. Pache also not in the game. I would assume it's more of a day off. Uh, either that or maybe both of them are going to go straight to Atlanta uh, as, as they come home to start this set with the Brewers. But it's another chance here. The Brewers are a really good team. This is another chance for the Braves to show if the Braves can beat the Brewers in this series, take two out of three from the Brewers. That's another very good sign for this team. But they're gonna, they're more than anything, win the next game. Because I, I need you to win two in a row. If I, I'm not going to believe in this team if they keep alternating because you can't tread water and gain ground. Like you can tread water if you're the Mets because you have a little bit of a lead. It's like The Mets are perfectly fine with this type of with this series. I mean, you just played the Braves five times. You lost one game. You, you'll take that any time if you're the Mets. I mean, you, you're able to hold serve a little bit. The Phillies are not playing well at all. The Nationals are out of it. The Marlins are out of it. And it's just one of those It's one of those things where going into this series, the Mets knew that the Braves needed to, to do substantially better. And quite honestly, the Braves should have won four out of those five, without doubt. Like that, Wasting Max Fried's start last night was very, very frustrating for me because um, Max had not pitched very well for his last couple starts. And he went out there and he shoved. He got nine Ks all on curveballs. He did his job. He made two mistake pitches. And it came back to bite him. In um, the Braves' offense, this is what we've seen from them, where they'll drop like a 10-run game, and then the next night they'll struggle against bullpen guys. Like There was no reason for the Braves to get shut out by the Mets' bullpen in that bullpen game. That was, that was pretty pathetic. The, the Mets used six different relievers, and you got four hits. The Mets do not have a good bullpen. And just like the Braves don't have a good bullpen, for some weird reason... 
the bullpens for both teams were better than the starters for much of this series. It's kind of troubling when you're going into a series against uh, against the Brewers because they do have really, really, really good pitching. Uh, really good. But what they don't have is a lot of really good hitting. At and all. Even though, you know, they did just get Escobar, but, I mean, their strong suit is definitely their pitching. So, and recently, you look at the run by Tukey, who, if I'm not mistaken, starts Friday. In, yeah, yeah, he's starting. Uh, I thought he was, yeah, I thought he was tomorrow. Yeah, actually. I think, I think, yeah, he starts the, he starts game one of that series. And look, I, we've been burned before. You know, you look at, you, you look oh, at Wright, man. you look like, you look at Wilson, you look at, Oh, you know, he and Tukey himself is notorious for it. He gets the one good start, and everybody has been waiting for it's like, okay, here it is. This is the one. And something about Tukey's first start this year, he just looked he looked Ooh. amazing. And then the second start, the one against Philly, there's no reason I mean, Nola Nola had his A plus stuff. That was a good pitcher's duel. That that's one he- he did, but the Braves still should have mashed because he left a ton look, of those curveballs in the heart of the plate. I know but what yeah, you're saying. I, look, I know, so, I sometimes, I know look, saying. it sucks to lose, but sometimes the other guy is just better. You know, I, I hate, to, I way, hate to, to look at it like that, but, I mean, Aaron Nola, Aaron Nola's real good. He's real, real good. Well, he hadn't been he hadn't been since the crackdown on the sticky stuff, so it sucks that the, his first good game in a month and a half comes against the Braves. Uh, but it's not like we haven't seen that story before. True. Um, I think I think the one of the Philly series that hurt the most was the Zach Wheeler game because I came into it expecting Zach Wheeler to beat the Braves. You got seven hits off of Zach Wheeler. You hit Zach Wheeler around, which doesn't normally happen when he plays the Braves. By the way, when we were just talking about Jerry Depoto, Jeff Passan with some breaking news: the, the Mariners are acquiring Diego Castillo from the no Rays. Kidding. Wow, that's uh, that is a, that is an upgrade. And say what you want about Graveman, he's been really good. Castillo's well, better. and the, uh, and the, so the kudos to Depoto. lengthy trade history between the Mariners and Rays grows. They have they have made a lot, a lot of a moves. lot of trades. <laughs> they're like uh, they're like the Braves and the Orioles. Yeah, that's true. So when you when you start looking at uh, relievers, uh, guys like Fry, yeah, yeah, he'll be the one that they go get. I, was, I have Paul Fry yeah. on my list. Paul Fry wouldn't be he a really bad wouldn't. addition. He's not. He's not amazing, but he's not a bad. He's one of those under the radar guys. Like again, like we're saying, he's not the one that goes and supplants Will Smith, but he's the guy that that's a very solid addition. He's a guy that that makes your bullpen better. Doesn't walk a lot of guys and does a good job. He's like a Ryan Tapera from I think he's he's, he's like a Ryan Tapera type, a guy that does a good job for you and would be a good addition. Uh, so I wouldn't be shocked there. I just wish they had a position player that we could get because they're not dealing trade. Yeah, they're not dealing Cedric Mullins either, and I wouldn't pay the price for Mullins just because it's going to be outrageous. But to that point, to maybe you see if they'll give you Santander. Nah, he's he's too injury prone. I, I was hoping that he would be able to stay healthy, and he ha- and he hasn't been able to do it. I'd I'd probably agree with you. You definitely can't do it for this year. He's been hurt all this year. True. But so, just to reel us back in, just real quick, I'm just going to reel us back in real quick. This series against the Brewers, you got some good juju coming off the Mets series. Things could have gone sideways against the Phillies. Could you have capitalized more? Yes. But like I said, they weren't awful losses. So you got your younger guys who are kind of on a roll. The younger guys have been pitching better than the than – the, I mean, Max, Max looked really good the other night. But Charlie, Charlie looked okay. Drew, outside of the first inning, didn't look too bad. But it was the worst start he's had in a while. But your younger guys, Tukey, Muller – uh, Bryce's last start actually was okay. He got some help from Jesse Chavez. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're going into the series against Milwaukee against a team that 
is doing really well in the central. They're leading their division. This gives you a really good opportunity to go in and kind of assert your dominance against another good team. Things get easier. You got Cardinals, Nats, Reds, uh, Marlins, Orioles. Over the, the next couple of weeks, you can make up some ground. The Mets have a lot of games against the Giants and the Dodgers. So just take it the problem just one is, game at a time. The problem is one this, game at a time. Tomorrow's game, Tukey start tomorrow. He's taking on Corbin Burns. He took on Aaron Nola. <laughs> young he guys took on Aaron Nola in the last one. Young guys can't catch a break, hey, man. He, Moeller had to go with DeGrom. And then from uh, who, did he, who did he face at? Uh, Dar- did he face no, Darvish? No, Tukey faced Darvish Nola, and now he's going to yeah, face Burns. Right. And look. He brought his A game. He doesn't need to go face Tommy Malone. He needs to be facing the good guys. Maybe the yeah. I mean, we've said that before. I've, I have this idea that sometimes on your younger guys, uh, you actually get a a better performance out of them when they're facing a, a better pitcher. It, it gets them out of their own head. Maybe makes them focus a little bit more and ignore a little bit of nerves. And for Tukey and for Moeller, I think that that's very beneficial for them. Um, Bryce, you know, I didn't think Bryce's start was good. It was it was way better than the Padres' start, so it was progress for him. Yeah, it was for sure. it was only three um, innings, <laughs> and he was on the verge. He was about I mean, to get clubbed hey, before before Chavez came in. But hey, those three innings, he was, not bad. But hey, he didn't he didn't get clubbed out of the gate like he did against the Padres. So you were able he was able to, to give you at least one time through, which is really at some points all you should expect from Bryce. If you can get you one good time through the order, that's fine. Um, operate with him with the idea that he's an opener versus a true starter and, and that's fine uh, and I'm perfectly okay with hey, that b- we'll, we'll see what happens at the deadline tomorrow before you go any further Dylan can I, I just ask you one quick question Absolutely. will you be doing a, a Spotify green room tonight our sponsor Spotify green room this is your mid roll I may I have not decided I might push it until tomorrow when I can do a game summary again I have not decided so Hopefully my higher ups aren't listening, but there will be one this week. I'll Fair tell you enough. that. Um, so we are getting ready to kind of close out our, our, our episode here today. So um, with this this schedule that's coming up in August, you do have some tough ones at the back end where you got to take on the Yankees, the Giants, and the Dodgers. That's not going to be fun. Um, we'll see if the Braves are still the same as currently constructed, but you do have a chance. You're right. The Cardinals aren't a good team. The Nationals are not good, and they're fully selling. The Reds. If you catch them in the at the right order, then they can hurt you. Otherwise, they're 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 no great shakes themselves. Miami, obviously, now Miami's played well against us, but they're not a good team. Um, and then Baltimore, Baltimore's not a great team either. So we'll we'll see what happens. This is a chance, but we've said this before for this Braves team. And I'm at the point where I'm not even going to mention, hey, it's time to make up ground. I'm not going to say it until they actually do it. Um, but you're right that this is an opportunity. While the Mets have to go immediately from playing us to playing some very difficult opponents. You got three against the Brewers, and once you get past the Brewers, you, you, you look like you got a little bit of light there if you're going to make a move. So hopefully you can get Darno in there and get him a little bit of time. Waskar Noah hopefully will be back before too long. You can start shaking out the bullpen in that respect. Um, I'm still maintaining that Waskar, as long as, as long as he's good to go six innings before he calls back up, he should go right back into the rotation and sort itself out. Whoever's been the best in the rotation stays there. Whoever hasn't goes to the bullpen. That's not, a, that's not something that should be very difficult. This should be, at this point, it should be who's been playing better earns the role. Whoever isn't, you get to go to the bullpen. And then maybe if they stumble, then you get back in there. I think that's how you should decide it because, quite honestly, Bryce should go to the bullpen when Anoa comes back. The question will be which of Tukey, Anoa, and Muller stay in the rotation. Whichever one of those, two of those three, whoever performs the best out of those three, they deserve to stay in the rotation. The one that doesn't perform as well needs to go to the bullpen. Don't, don't drop him down into Gwinnett. I know I don't like playing the bullpen starter shuffle role, 
but at this point in the year, you're going to do more good for them doing that. So uh, we'll see how it works out for the Braves. I don't feel bad about it. I wish I felt better. I wish I wish they'd really put a big staple on this nine-game set because you had an opportunity to win seven of these nine. And that really that that does kind of bother me that this team is still struggling to be consistent. But when you look at the the lower end of this lineup, it's not shocking. I mean, it's hard to ask role players to be consistent. That's why they're role players and not starters anyway. So maybe maybe adding depth into the lineup helps that, even if it just helps to mitigate it just a little bit. Uh, then then it can pay dividends. We'll see what happens. The the dead we got till four p.m. tomorrow. Uh, you're not. You're probably not going to hear much in the way of what the Braves are doing because Alex is very tight-lipped. We'll see what happens. I'm not going to get my hopes up. If something cool happens, then we'll record. Um, if not, you know, we'll see if this team can pull out as is. Um, but as it is right now, I think we're going to go ahead and call it quits for the day, and uh, we're going to end this on a, on a good win today. By the way, you beat Taiwan Walker. Taiwan Walker is a very good pitcher. It was a good. It was a good win today. You were able to scratch across six. It wasn't 12 or 15 runs. This was the type of, of offensive performance you look at and say, all right, this is one that's that's more conceivable, I'll say, rather than just like a big explosion. This is more along the lines of, of what we got used to seeing last year. So good job by the Braves today. Good job to at least salvage this series against the Mets when you really did need it. It's much better to be down four than to be down six. So we'll see what happens by the time we record next week. Might have some good opportunities. Might have some more good news, and we'll see what happens. So uh, everybody hold on to your butts. It's going to be a long time till 4 p.m. tomorrow. I'm going to be refreshing Twitter a lot in that time. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, so far. I'm gonna, I'm gonna verify this right here. But so far, no trades have broken during the recording of this episode. So as soon as we click stop, whatever, uh, whatever trade the Braves are gonna make, it's gonna break. So let's go ahead and yeah, let's go ahead and. So that's our, that's our good thing. We're gonna end early so that we get a big move before everybody else makes a big move. Me saying that Alex isn't going to make one is the jinx of the century. So, ah, I'm willing to bite this bullet for you, Doc. Appreciate that, buddy. It's kind. <laughs> All right, so everybody else out there, thank you guys for tuning into the episode. We'll be back again next week, right here on the Platinum Sombrero. Hey.